that's near and dear to my heart and something I've studied down through the years. And I personally am yet perfecting. Uh, and God has given me fresh revelation and insight on all the time in my own prayer life and my study life and and my mentorship and whatever else that I, I do to become a stronger Christian or, or to walk better by faith and not by sight. And you all know I enjoy teaching faith. And so today I'm going to talk about something I'm coining and don't let the big word throw you off. I'm going to define it. Don Bluth, you have it in my notes. Get ready to put it up. Not yet. But I want to talk about faith technicalities. And today's foundational message to that will be simply called the will, the will, the will. Amen. But faith technicalities. And we're going to talk about the will. Now, I will be transparent that this is a great buildup and we may even lock into some of this today depending on how far we get on your level of understanding. But it is it is a, is a lead in to where I hope to go next week relative to our capital campaign and and, and helping you to understand your your return on giving and receiving from the Lord. So we'll see how far we get. But today I want to really hone this lesson on faith technicalities to the will. Now, over in Second Peter, chapter one, <clears throat> Verse number two, the Bible really gives me all that I need to teach this lesson, although I'll give you accentuated scriptures. The Bible says grace and peace be multiplied to you. Key phrase in the knowledge of God. Which implies, mom, the only way grace and peace is going to be multiplied to me is going to be according to to what I know. I can't be multiplied in something that I don't understand. I can't receive something that I don't know belongs to me. If one of your loved ones died and left you a pot of change, but you didn't know them, you didn't know they live, and no sheriff launched out to find you, and y'all do know being served with papers ain't always bad. <laughs> Yeah, you can be served because somebody looking for you because you got a name, amen, associated with their name, and there's a pot of change that belongs to you. Well, but if you don't know that that is occurring, and you live in Seattle, Washington, and they're looking around North Carolina, amen, and they don't find you, you have millions of dollars that belong to you, but you still can't access it. Why? Because you didn't know. So when the Bible says grace and peace, which all of us should want, we should want the grace of God, which is the empowerment of God. By the way, grace is not there for sin. Grace is cataracts, charisma. It is the empowerment of God. When you get in sin, you need the mercy of God. But grace is there to empower you, to help you overcome, to help you win. Grace, another word for grace, even during Mo, uh, Noah's time, which is not the same word in the New Testament. I do know that. But grace also is the favor of God. Noah found grace. Noah found favor in God. So when the Bible says grace and peace, prosperity, nothing lacking, nothing missing, not only come in your life, but be multiplied, wouldn't you want to know how you get it multiplied? I mean, wouldn't you want to know how you get it working in your life? Grace and peace be multiplied to you, though, only in the knowledge of God. It's only what I know about God, what I know about his precepts, what I know about 
the promises of God that's going to multiply his grace and peace in my life. The knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Let's make that so simple. And of the fact that when I make Jesus Lord of my life, it leads me to greener pastures. See, when you were living with somebody that wasn't your husband, Jesus wasn't Lord. So the way of the transgressor was hard. That's a difficult life. When you're dating somebody that don't want to love you, don't want to propose you, amen, Jesus is not Lord. That's the difficult life. And grace and peace is not being what? Multiplied to you. In fact, your mental health is constantly under attack because you don't know. You just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't know how he's going to treat you on Monday. You don't know whether or not she's going to do right on Friday. That's not grace and peace being multiplied to you. It's a type of Joshua 1, 8 through 9, where the Bible talks about meditating on his word day and night. But then it says, in it, you will not only have success, you will have good success. I don't want to just close on a big house. Drug dealers close on big houses, but that don't mean they got good success. They have success. They have accomplished. Listen to me, young people. But they have not accomplished right. And any moment now, they're going to be up for federal charges if they don't have a hollow point in their head. But something's going to go wrong. But God says when Jesus is Lord and you have the knowledge of God the Father, his love, the love of God, the grace of Jesus, Paul says, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. When you have that knowledge of God as his love in your life and Jesus as Lord, grace and peace has the propensity to be multiplied in your life. Who, who's ready for some multiplication? Oh, we going somewhere today. You getting anything already? So he says, grace and peace be multiplied you, but dear, it only happens through the what class? The knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Not just Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. Everybody loves Raymond and everybody loves Jesus. No, Jesus has to be Lord. Are y'all listening to me? He's got to be Lord and Savior. And it's the knowledge of the areas that he saved you. The things that accompany salvation. You didn't just get born again so you can get to heaven. You got born again so that you can get married. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. What happens? He obtaineth favor. You got born again so that your hands could produce wealth. Deuteronomy 28 and 12. You got born again for a myriad of reasons so you can have impact on the kingdom and bring people into the kingdom. So go on pastor. I will. Verse number three, as his divine power has given to us a few things. As his divine power, Rhonda, has given us all things that pertain to life. Everything you need to live, to win, to prosper, to be 100% healed, God has given it to you. But he didn't just give it to you. Here's that theme again. He gave it through the knowledge. Through the knowledge. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. The only way you access the promises of God, which are both yes and amen, is based solely and primarily on what you know. Again, the will, if you don't know, you didn't know they died. You can live the next 40 years of your life and live substandard life, but you didn't access the money that belonged to you. 
You didn't access the help that belonged to you. Should have been healed a long time ago. He was already wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquities, chastising your pieces upon him. With his stripes you were healed. Yes, that is a promise, but you don't receive just because you ask. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. But if you break down the transliteration of that, it says, ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking, which means I have to have a Christian regimen and lifestyle that builds my faith to a capacity and a point by which it is able to receive what God has given me. Are y'all in here? I'm not just healed because healing is a promise, because Satan fights that promise. He doesn't want me healed. You see, Jeff, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want me to have life and life more abundantly. But John 10, 10 said, Jesus came that I might have, might, that I might, that I could, that it is a potential for me to have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, amen. He became poor that you might, might, could, could become rich, but you don't automatically become rich. Becoming rich has something to do with what you do with your hands, Deuteronomy 28 and 12. has something to do with the power of God, the wisdom of God that you let dwell and reign in your life as the rest of not you ever become anything close to wealthy or better, or healthy, or married, or whatever. Hence the point of this new series, Faith Technicality. Because this is not Bible, but the old statement is true. The devil is in the detail. And Hosea 4 and 6 says it well. My people are destroyed because of a, a lack of knowledge. Why are they destroyed? But whose people? Though? Is it the devil's people? No, 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 no. God's people. God's people are missing something because of something they don't know. Back to our text, because his divine power is available to them and everything that God wants them to have is available to them. But it is only going to come through a faith technicality, through the knowledge. F.F. <laughs> Bosworth, faith begins where the will of God is known. If I don't know, what are we talking about today? The will. If I don't know the will, I can't access the will. You don't receive just because you ask. Pastor, give me a Bible to back that up. There's a faith technicality in asking. Now, y'all know I study faith. That is one of my areas, and I develop in this all the time. I have a prayer room in my house. I study faith frequently. This is my area. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about when I say you don't. I know the Bible says, ask, you shall receive, seek, knock, and the door be open. I just told you that means persistent and diligently, amen, being on regimen with God, staying up before him. Luke 18 said, men are always pray and not cease it. Now, you don't have to ask him the same thing over and over again. You all know that who have been around me long enough. You ask him in Thanksgiving the second time. You don't even ask him. You thank him. You praise him for it. It's already done. But you do have to, to, to fan the stokes of your coals. You got to push in on it. You got to keep pressing in on God. And one of the reasons why manifestation hadn't happened yet for some of us in the room is because of a technicality. Now, Pastor, break down that, that simple principle you just threw out there. You said we don't receive just because we ask. Can I give you a few uh, uh, traditional technicalities that people miss it on? Well, you don't receive just because you ask. You receive James 1 and 6 because you ask in faith. You can ask, but if you're not asking in faith, you're still not going to receive. <laughs> that is a faith technicality. 
So what then is a technicality? Let's put a definition on the board because I'm not going to receive just because I ask. You know, you're, you're not going to be blessed or prosperous, bountiful just because you want to. Just because you ask God to bless you and prosper, you can sit uh, like a bump on the log the rest of your life and never receive anything because uh, there's something that collaborates with wealth and rich and prosperity. There's something that collaborates with health and healing. And so this is no Greek or Hebrew. Uh, this is a good old fashioned Amen. Dictionary definition, a technicality. And there are three or four lawyers in the house today, and uh, they would teach this just as good or better than me. But a technicality is a point of law or a small detail of a set of rules. What do you mean? It's a small detail, yet it is a crucial detail in order for that contract to go in place. The heiress of the hotel cannot receive her money until she is 22 and must have finished a degree and must be and must be amen in that will. The only way to get granddad's money is I have to check all these boxes. Now, the money belongs to me, but have I fulfilled all the criteria? Have I been willing to deal with every technicality? Amen. Technicality. Pastor, what's some fundamental te technicalities? Let me quote it the wrong way first. All things work together for the good. I mean, it does. You know, that's what you need to tell your friend who's at the crisis of their loved one who fell off a motorcycle. Well, you know, all things work together for the good. God has a purpose and a reason behind this motorcycle accident because all things work together for the good. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that all things work. Are you learning anything? That all things work together for the good. The Bible says all things, Romans 8, 28, work together for the good of those that love the Lord. So if you were high and drinking and hit a tree and broke your neck, that had nothing to do with God. And that was not working for the good for anybody. As a matter of fact, it's a disaster for your 12-year-old son who has to now figure out his life right. without his dad because you made a bad decision. But that's not anything working together for the good. It's a tragedy. It's awful. Now, your family can grow up and get over it and get better because, as we read during often exhortation, he will be a father to the father. So you join a kingdom church where there are strong, solid men of God who love uh, young boys and, and will be pure and, and the elders of the church that will nudge them and remind them, man, you need to grow up and be a young man. Show them how to pull their pants up. Amen. Show them all the little details of being a young man. They start hitting puberty. Well, you got some father figures that, who are married, who have raised their own boy. Hey, come in, let me talk to you. In presence of your mama, somebody say amen. amen. And help you become a young man. But now that dad going to heaven early did not work together for his good. That is an erroneous technicality. Faith technicality. You don't receive just because you ask. You receive, James 1 and 6, because you ask in faith. You don't harvest just because you give. <laughs> well, we're going to get into this next week, but come on. What does it say in Mark chapter 4? And they reaped some 30, some 60, some 104. Would you please help me understand how a God, Acts 10 and 34, who is no respecter of persons, would delineate out who gets 30, who gets 60, and who gets 100? 
Well, uh, my proposition and hypothesis is it is based upon their faith. I receive a hundredfold return on my gifts because that's what I believe. Somebody say amen. amen. We'll get into that next week. Everybody say faith technicality. Yeah, faith technicalities have, is this good day, have so much to do, amen, with a small detail. There are people in probate courts right now fighting it out because right before mama died, she did not clarify one clean, should have been detail that would have allowed everybody to know exactly what happened. Can you see how profound this is? And this has nothing to do with your family glitches. That's not what I'm preaching. What I'm preaching is that relative to the word of God. If that's true in this earth realm, what makes us think that we can leave a portion of this Bible out, buffet it, take a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and still get the promises to manifest in our life? You are failing a faith technicality. Now, before my hyper-grace people say there's no grace in that, please understand that I'm well aware that the grace of God is there for the stuff that we are ignorant to. There are things that we do not know that God substantiates us in, and he still blesses us because we had no idea. We didn't know that it worked that way. You know, the Lord got us, a lot of us through down through the years because we used to say God is in control. God is in control, and God had mercy on us with the God is in control doctrine, but Actually, according to Psalm 115 and 16, in the earth realm, God is not in control. God is only in control where believers take authority. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Psalm 115 and 16. The heavens, even the heavens, belong to God, but the earth has he given to the sons of man. Don't you tell me God is in control right. when Baltimore has a bunch of graffiti on the walls. Yes. Don't you tell me God is in control when in New York, amen, black people abort more babies than they give birth to. God is not in control in the murder of children. God is not in control when a school is shot up. God is not in control when things go awry and go wrong. That is a place, Psalm 91, where, amen, no authority has been taken by a Bible-believing, faith-centric, Holy Spirit-filled, blood of Jesus-knowing person that walks in that school and says, not in my school. In the name of Jesus, I command the protection of God, the peace of God on these grounds. This is holy ground. When the church is present, that's when God is in control. Don't tell me God was in control during COVID when a million people lost their lives. God, God, God didn't send airplanes into September 11th. That was not the will of God. So believers got to get a clue, amen, on these faith technicalities. Good to see you back. Because it's going to hurt us if we don't know. If you don't take authority, authority won't be taken. If you don't plead the blood, the blood won't be pled. In Revelation 12 and 11, we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You got to push back. All things don't work together for the good of, for everybody. All things work together for the good of those that love God. Faith technicalities. Are you getting anything out of this? I just want to slow walk you. I told you I'm not rushing. Are you all still here? So if the devil's in the details... There is a revelation that I think we've read too fast. 
over in Song of Solomon 215. They're going to use my scripture to break this down. Uh, the Song of Solomon gives us a clue to this revelation, Song of Solomon 215, on faith technicality. The Bible says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. Y'all, it's in my notes. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. Watch this, y'all. For our vineyards are in bloom. <laughs> the manifestation of what God wants me to have is here. Our vineyards are in bloom, but people like to say, you know, it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. No, back up. Catch the little foxes. Catch the technicality. Catch the thing that is destroying your manifestation. Catch the monkey with the wrench that keeps jacking yourself up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Sometimes some people in your life, amen, they got to go. You got to catch those foxes. They might be your sister. They might be your brother-in-law. They might be somebody you ate Cheerios with all your life, but you got to say, but wait a minute. Seem like every time I get around you, disaster. Seem like every time I get around you, all I sense is unwell wishes. You better understand Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Keep reading. And every tongue, there are some tongues around you speaking over you that don't want to see you progress. And you better catch those tongues and shut them down and get them out of your environment. You don't want to see me raise my daughter a virgin? Get away from me. You waiting for my sons to fall? Get away. You can't come over this year. If you have unwell wishes, we are catching the little foxes. Let me announce this, KCC. I am catching the little foxes. I am figuring it out as to why some things just don't ever seem to work. And we're going to treat cancers aggressively now. <laughs> we're shooting strong. Hallelujah. If I think you're not quite right, I'm going to let you sit down to figure out why you might not be right. Because I've been preaching to you too long, and by now, that's what the Bible says, by now, by now, by now, you should be teachers. You should be able to run your own life group. By now, come on, I'm talking to leaders now. Not, those of you who just joined the church, you sit this one out. But I'm talking to leaders. By now, no, by now you ought to get up and be able to preach the same doctrine I preach. Catch the little foxes because they ruin the vineyards. And mom, this is so good. And our vineyards, they're ready to manifest. Man, I could have had my car a long time ago, but you mad because you're catching the bus. And every time I tell you about my car, you, you do witchcraft by saying, I hope he don't get it. Y'all know that's all witchcraft is. It's somebody rebelling against what God wants to do in your life. I hope they don't manifest it. I hope they don't have it. I'm positive that there are people out there who see me on television every day that go, ouch. <laughs> he made it. We didn't want him to make it. We don't like what he has to say. Hello? And it's fine, but just keep them out of your sphere. Catch the little foxes. <laughs> Amen. And back to the word of God. Sometimes your faith is not working because you're just asking, but you're not asking in faith. You're sowing, but uh, come on, you're not sowing in faith. When you sow your seed, did you speak over your seed? 
Come on, Holy Ghost. God, teach me how you taught us seed, time, and harvest. Go to Genesis 1 and 11. Oh, Jesus. Is anybody getting this? Everybody say, I want the will of God in my life. Come on. Let's look at God's pattern of how he gets harvest. God got a harvest, too. Y'all do know that, right? You know, he planted the earth. Isaiah 50, 51, something like that says God plants the heavens and all that kind of. So he planted the earth. He planted the earth, though, with what he said. Over in Genesis 1 and 11, Bible said, then God said. Did y'all see that? After you gave your offering this morning, did you say anything? While you were sowing your seed, did you say, did you say something? Did you release? You just released that thousand. Did you say something? Then God said, let my harvest come up. Let the earth bring forth glad. Let the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its own kind, which is why I don't eat, eat seedless grapes whose seed is in itself. <laughs> the seed ought to be there on the earth. And everybody look at the last four words. And it was so. Why was it so? Because he spoke. <laughs> So I'm not just going to plant my garden. I'm going to speak over my garden. I'm, just, I'm not just going to go bucket plunk. I'm going to speak. I'm, I'm going to speak over it because I want the will of God in my life. You're not going to get healed just because you listen to healing scriptures while you sleep. Mm -mm. That's good. That's the right thing to do because you'll wake up and you'll begin to decree. But no, you better latch hold to those healing scriptures and start confessing it so you can hold fast to the profession. Are y'all seeing that detail? Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. Now, faith comes by hearing, so keep it in your ears, but there is still a faith technicality that's going to release the manifestation. It's in my ears, but then not because somebody else is pushing me. I must personally, individually, buoyantly want to do my confessions every day. Desire to speak over my health. Until I see the manifestation of it. Faith, technicality. Faith, technicality. Another major faith technicality people haven't even thought about, and I might just preach it as one whole message, is the power twins of faith. Follow them who through faith and patience. Do you know that there are times in your life where you really did have faith? You really were believing God, but you just didn't have patience? You can have faith. No, I'm telling you, some of you have been in faith. And you have what I call power faith. You know what I believe power faith is? God, if you can get this thing to happen in five minutes, I'm in belief right now. Some of us need to start praying, Lord, do it on Sunday between 9 and 11. Because while I'm around pastor, I got some faith. That's, that's that power. Oh, I can believe him. I got it. But here come Tuesday. And be not weary. <laughs> and well doing. Because in due season, you will... Three, if you faint, where did the fainting come in? In the time between yes and amen. In the time in between I believe I receive and there it is. The faith technicality is, is if I'm willing to stand forever, come on, I won't have to. <laughs> you can't stop me from believing. I believed I receive it and I'm not changing. I cut blood covenant with it. I took communion over it and I'm not going back on it. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. It's coming into your hands. Isn't that right? Because you are satisfying the faith what? Technicality. This is technicality. Faith technicality. 
Right. He that findeth a wife finds a good saying, Pastor, I'm a single woman. I really want to be married. Okay, are you satisfying the technicalities of what single women do that are getting marriage ready? Because there are some technicalities that come with that. I don't have time to get into all of them today. But are, are, are you preparing meals as if you had a husband? Because uh, faith is an act. So I, I begin to demonstrate that a husband's coming in any moment now. And, and I, I, expred, I, I spread or expand is a better word. I expand my cooking repertoire. Because I understand that the man I marry will want a man more than Chef Boyardee. That'll go over well on a bad night. But, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. <laughs> I'm a loving husband. I'm going to be honest. My wife knows I'm honest. And Sister Roger said, well, come on, dear. I'm ready. And I got to the table, and it was little O's with sauce around it. <laughs> I'm going to say something. <laughs> I would. I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Now, I would say something. I would, now, babe, now, you know I love you, girl. You amazing. I'd be so sweet about it. And I wouldn't do it in front of the kids because that's wrong. But I would say, no, nah, babe, let them eat that. Come here, you fine. <laughs> I said, you tired? <laughs> you need a break? What should I do to support you? What can I do? You know, like a manager that's getting ready to write up an employee, what can I do to help you? <laughs> Y'all know how they do that stuff before they write you up. Do you have everything you need to do your job? I just want to, because evidently, Something ain't quite right. I've been a manager before. I know how that works. I'm a manager now. Amen. I might need to do that with a few people. Do you have everything you need to do your job? You're scaring me. All right. Can't make that mistake again. So are you satisfying the technicality? Now, Romans 4 and 21, and we're going to get into the will. Are y'all getting anything out of this? You can't just believe God and get a manifestation. You can't just be persuaded and get a manifestation. There is a faith technicality. If I'm quoting it right, over in Romans 4 and 21, the Bible says that Abraham was not just persuaded. He was fully persuaded. Now, say cool. If fully wasn't necessary, then the Bible would have simply said, and Abraham being persuaded. But the faith technicality of him and Sarah having Isaac was that he had to be fully persuaded. Somebody see what me meant? Yeah, he had to be fully persuaded. He could not just be persuaded. He had to be 100% convinced all the time, every time that this is what God wanted him to have, and he was not going to give up until he got it. Now, that is a faith technicality. You go back and look at old tapes of this church. Some of you were here back then, but you'll see people who were here at that time who are not here now. And there are new people that have taken their seats. But you know why? They were not fully persuaded. They like the KCC experience, but they're not fully persuaded. Because once you go down their street, uh uh-oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. That's when real Christianity kicks in, when discipleship chalks up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Oh, I don't know if you're a Christian based off of the promises of God that are yes and amen. I know if you're a Christian based off of the chastising and the discipline that comes with being a follower of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a Christian, at some point in your journey, somebody's going to tell you that ain't right. That's a faith technicality. If you can't get through somebody saying you need to be better, 
then you're not going to manifest stuff in your life. And you can go all you want. You can leave here. You go to the movie theater, church, go wherever you want and just just have a blast. I don't have nothing wrong. I'm not judging any of those people. I love them. Go do what you want. Church that happens in 15 minutes. Go do that. Do whatever fits for you and your psyche. But at a certain point, you're going to have to stop running from yourself and deal with your own demons and put them where they belong. Come on and say, I'm ready to change. I want to be better. I want my life to be better. Somebody say faith te technicality. So do you understand the concept? I don't just receive just because I ask. I receive because I ask in faith. You can confess Charles Capp's book all you want and not confess it in faith. And you won't receive anything. And half the time when you confess it at first, you're convincing yourself that's the right thing to do. But at a certain point, you got a Romans 15. You got to be bubbling over with the joy and peace of believing. And when you speak it, you got to believe it's going to come to pass. I'll decree a thing and it will be established. Somebody say faith technicality. Now, this is very important because you all know Hebrews 2 and 1 on Turner. But it says, lest we let something slip. Lest we allow something to fall through, lest, lest a portion of this Bible doesn't manifest in my life, I'm going to give the more earnest heed to the things that I have seen and heard. I'm going to pay more attention to my Christian walk. I'm going to be, amen, <clears throat> more driven by the truth of God's word than how I feel, than my own opinion. If I find myself in the word, like in our 7 o'clock class this morning where we talked about the, the, the tattoos and Leviticus and all those kinds of things. And I, and I find where the Bible says a man ought not make or a woman ought not make markings on their bodies as such. Even if I have one, I'm not going to hell because I have one, but I most certainly am going to change my paradigm about what I have. And chances are I'm going to do something about what I have. Because I don't want to be out of the will of God. I don't want to be out of the plan of God. So if the word of God finds me, faith technicality, I am willing to adjust in that area. Because if you're like Pastor Rogers, I don't want anything to slip in my life. I want my money right. I want my health right. You know, I want my marriage right. There, I hope I'm doing okay. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father to my kids. You know, they'll all grow up in the fear and ammunition of the Lord. And I believe by faith they're going to all stay with God all their life. Isn't that right, Gabe? I believe that. Lauren, you believe that? I believe that. Now, I want to tell you the truth about that statement I just made is if my kids at the tender age of 22, 23, 24, which it won't happen, had decided that they just need a hiatus from God, it will not be my fault. Because, you know, my kids are going to go to youth ministry on Sundays. My kids are going to come to Bible study. They're not going to a basketball league instead of church because that is a faith technicality. And when you allow your kid to go shoot a ball instead of coming and sitting in front of Brother Reggie and, and Sister Shayla and Karina and learn the Bible, you send them the message that there is something else they can do instead of God. Sometimes we go, sometimes we don't. And that's James 1 all day long. Let them ask in faith, not wavering, because let not that man think he will receive any. Oh, is that a technicality? You mean to tell me I can't go to church once a quarter and get manifestation? No, because faith cometh by 
hearing and hearing by the word of God, not just any old church, not the church of the chosen frozen, not just any old place because you need to check a box because mama and auntie them still go there. No, you're going to have to go somewhere where anointed teaching comes forth that finds you and builds you in your faith so that your faith can come to the place where you let nothing slip. Oh, if I ever preach an anointed message, this is it right here. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give God praise because you're not going to let anything slip. Lest we let something slip. So now, Pastor, what's this concept of the wind? As you get us ready for abundance next week and all those things you talked about. Now, use my translation, please. Yours will read very different, but this is the Living Bible Church. Over in Hebrews 9 and 16, this is the Living Bible Translation. And I want to read a verse or two out of this because you need to understand a technicality has all to do with certain requirements being met. When those requirements are being met, that technicality, amen, goes in your favor. It goes in place. Everybody say the will. Now, the Bible says, everybody say, this is the Bible. I'm not reading out of a book, out of a digest. I'm reading out of the Holy Word. The Bible says, if someone dies, and this is a type, I believe, amen, uh, uh, Paul may have written the book of Hebrews. We have no specific answer on who the author is, but I think it's the same writing, writing style. And uh, if it is Paul, whoever the anonymous writer is, he says, if someone dies and leaves a will, a list of things to be given away to certain people when he dies. Look at this. No one gets anything until it is proven that the person who wrote the will is dead. <laughs> Somehow on this side said that's so good. Amen. That's a, what is that, y'all? That's a technicality. Amen. You can be extraordinarily wealthy, but the people in your will are not because you are not dead. Look at verse number 17. We're going somewhere. We don't want you to die. The will goes into effect only after the death of the person who wrote it while he is still alive. No one can use it to get any of those things he has promised to him. Now, y'all, we can ready to shout in a minute if you stay with me. And look at verse number 18. This is so good. Let's read a little faster now. That is why blood was sprinkled as proof of Christ's death before even the first agreement could go in effect. I got good news. He died and he rose again. And every promise connected to the cross has gone in effect. Now you can be healed. Now you can be redeemed. Now you can be wealthy because the will is in effect. Somebody shout about that in the house of God. Glory to God. The will is in effect. Everybody say, he did die. Isn't that what we celebrated a couple of weeks ago? Aren't you glad he died and he rose again? Look at verse number 22. In fact, we can say that under the old agreement, almost everything, the old law, was cleaned by the sprinkling of it with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remissions of sin. Man, if you don't shout about anybody, anything else, you ought to be praising because Jesus died and the blood of Jesus rinsed you out out of all your sins. You're no longer who you used to be. You're no longer categorized by what you used to do. Blood of Jesus makes us new. The will is in effect. If he didn't die, you'd be going to hell. 
<laughs> if he didn't die, you wouldn't have a right. But while we were yet sinners, y'all seeing the connections? Christ died, and when Christ died, what happened? The will. And when the will went in effect, it never got redacted. The will is still in effect right now. Now we can have those things that accompany salvation. Now we can have everything that comes with being redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Jesus disarmed them and rendered them powerless and ineffective. The will is in place. Does anybody see where I'm going? Boy, Dave, that thing makes me want to shout right there. But we got to keep teaching. Somebody say amen to that. Oh, go to 1 Peter then because what occurs when a will goes in effect? 1 Peter chapter 1 verse number 4. Are you learning anything? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't want to go over your head, but I don't want to go under your head. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse number 4. And uh, let, let, let's just look at this. And in fact, go ahead and start at verse number 3. Blessed be the God our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a what class? Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God our Father means praise God, who according to his abundant mercy brought us back. That's good news. But then he goes on to back up my philosophy today of the will. What did he redeem us from? And redeem us too, to an inheritance. Somebody say, there's an inheritance. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, y'all, that does not fade away. Healing didn't stop. Deliverance didn't stop. It does not fade away. And where is it? Reserved in heaven for you. <laughs> who is it for, y'all? It's for me. You, you, verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed when Jesus comes to get us out of this world. But my God, we're kept by the power of God right now, and we got a heavenly account that we can place a withdrawal on to the return of Christ, but it has been reserved for us, and we can tap into it by faith. Amen. We can tap into it by faith. If we would qualify relative, amen, to the faith what class? Yeah, there's some faith technicalities relative to this thing. Now, over in Mark chapter 16, 17, then I'm going to give you some points, and I think that's enough for the day. Have you been blessed? I'm almost home. But uh, if you study your Bible, and, and recently, as I branch off into this portion, I was attending a minister's conference, and, and this revelation just blessed me so much. And uh, I want to share it with you, because what then is the will of God uh, relative to what you have access to, what you can do, amen, what should be happening in your life? Over in Mark 16, 17, the Bible says, and these signs will follow those, but wait a minute, not just who do something or decree something, but they will follow them, faith technicality, who what? Who believe. What, what, what's going to follow us who believe? In my name, what you going to cast out? Demons. Now, everybody reads that. They all make me think about somebody whose head is turning around and spitting up green, and that's true. That's a demon that you will cast out. But did you know that poverty is a demon? Did you know that lack is a demon? Did you know that? That's a principality. 
over in nations where you see, and I say it so graciously, bloated babies uh, and all kinds of things going on. And oh, God, that's not God. That's demonic. That's wicked. Right. So lack is demonic. Right. Well, the Bible says in my name, you're going to be able to cast lack out. That's a demon. You'll cast a headache out. Is it a headache of God? No. If it's not of God, who's it of? It's of the devil. You shouldn't feel a certain kind of way at a certain time of month. It's not of God. In my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak with what? New tongues. Look at verse number 18, and I'm going to show you the revelation. You'll take up evil things, serpents, and if, not when, but if. Everybody say, don't drink the Kool-Aid. And if by accident you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick, and what's going to happen next? They will recover. Now you say, Pastor, we know that verse. We've been reading that for years. You've taught it to us. Here is the revelation, though. Back up to verse number 17, and we're almost home for the day. Everybody say, his will. Now, right before I tell you this, since 1837, you attorneys in the room help me with this. The Wills Act has required the testator, that is the giver of the will, in the Anglo-American legal system to memorialize their will by signing it. It is official because they signed it. Now, there's some new stuff out now, I think, to where you can do it different ways. I don't know, not my area, but based off of what I read, amen, a will needs to be signed. Nicole, is that right? Would you, with one of your clients, would you have them sign their will? You probably would, right? Absolutely, she says. Okay, so wills tend to need to be signed. Well, when the Bible says that these signs will follow them If you look that word signs up, it means God's signature is that in my name, you're going to be able to do all of this, and I'm signing off on the power. I'm signing off on the manifestation. I'm approving everything that you bring up for me. These signatures, amen, that I've signed off on your healing are going to follow you because you believe. Everybody say it's in the will. Say he signed off on it. Say it belongs to me. And I'm not going to deprive myself. Vanessa, that's how you got healed of cancer. Because God signed off on the destruction of cancer. That, that's how you get married, Dejan Braxton. Because God signs off on he that finds a wife, finds a good thing. Somebody shout about that in the house of God. Everybody say the will. Are you learning something today? Come on, I'm just teaching a little bit. Everybody say faith technicality. So now there are foundations then for succeeding then by faith. And I'm going home after this. That's enough. Foundations for succeeding by faith. And we're going to let it go. Amen. Because what does Matthew 6 and 10 say? Your kingdom come. What, what's that W word? Your will be done. Where, Kim? On earth, just like it is in heaven. But now don't lose the theme today. You got you to know those faith technicalities. Because you don't receive just because you See, what I'm really teaching is, is not Christianity over much, not Christianity that tries to do God's job, but I am talking about Christianity that's on your job. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to be uh, 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 dynamically in my Bible. I'm going to let the word of God play in my ears uh, on, on and off 
day. I'm, I'm going to be about the things of God on purpose. I'm taking my daily communion. I'm not going to become uh, uh, religious over much. It's not religious over much, dads, to anoint your sons with oil before they leave. And if you are a mom, to anoint your sons and daughters with oil, single moms, before they leave. Every day. It's not over much to say, now Psalm 91 covers and protects you today. Here's some wisdom for parents in the room. You know what I do with my family? Every morning, for whatever area my people are developing in, whatever they are developing in, I quote Isaiah 53 and Psalm 91 over everybody, or rather Psalm 91 and Psalm uh, 23 over everybody. But then if there is a specific area of lack or deficit in this child or that child, I quote that verse over him because that's the technicality he needs to be blossoming. That happens every day in the Rogers household. And some people say, I don't take all that. Right. Well, I'd rather take that. Because if it don't take all that, guess what? I can't go wrong killing an ant stepping on them five times. Somebody say amen. amen. You step on a tarantula and it don't take all that and he still got one elbow moving. Yeah, a black widow, it don't take all that. You only broke three of his legs. Y'all remember that man who smashed with the arrow? And the prophet said you should have hit it more. You should have done more. That's in Bible. You should have you gone in more aggressively. I don't need women's fellowship. Well, maybe you, you got that special Christianity again. I told you, some of y'all are superstars. You, you don't need it. Hey, man, seemed like to me the pastor and his wife need more ministry than a lot of people. Some of y'all get what you need in, you know, two services a year, you know? Yeah. But I realize it takes all of that for me. No, I need prayer in the morning. Amen. Amen. And then tomorrow morning, guess what I'm going to need to do? Pray. Faith technicality. You know what I got to do on Wednesday? Pray. I don't want to miss too much fasting on Wednesday every now and again because of vacation, but not too much because you know what fasting is? It's a faith technicality. This type come out through fasting and praying what does that scripture mean it means then evidently some types don't come out unless you have a lifestyle of fasting some types don't leave and that's a what what is that that's a man when my wife was at risk with, with one of our children, they said it doesn't look good. We don't think this baby is going to live. Let me tell you what I did. This is before I was pastoring. Oh, boy. The next few months, oh, no, we fasting, baby. Ain't nothing changing. Not her. She had to eat. Oh, no, 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 no. Daddy didn't know nothing about no Dunkin' Donuts or no, you know, sweets, cream, whatever. Krispy Kreme, that's what it's called. No, no, so I don't need it. I don't need it. Because you, you know what the priority is right now? Getting my baby here healthy. So I don't have time to be lollygagging and figuring out. No, if this type come out by whatever this demon and monster is, this formidable opponent that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, I'm not going to let you do it. So I'm going to stand in the gap. Amen. I look for a man to stand in the gap, and I could not find one. Well, you can find one in me, God. I'm going to stand in the gap. You are not taking my stuff. Hallelujah. That's a faith technicality. Well, it's in the Bible. Now, some of the new publishers, if you read that scripture under certain publications, they have taken that verse out of your Bible. NLT does it. NIV does it. It's not in there. Because we want to sanitize scripture. 
But sometimes you're just going to have to know that there are fake technicalities that you got to pay attention to if nobody else does. And if the Bible says this type come out by fasting and praying, then I'm going to fast and pray and get this type out. Because if it's some icky and wicky that's stopping me from getting manifestation, I want it out. Do I have any help in here? That's a faith technicality. Amen. That's a faith technicality. Men are always pray ought to mean something to you. Good job, Autry. That's why you're on all those prayer calls. It means something to you. I like prayer. I want to pray. This is not a task. I want to seek the Lord. I'm going to be on this prayer call, that prayer call. I want to seek the Lord. I want more of God. What's more of God going to do? You going to overdose? Pastor, can you get something exciting for next week? Pray for me. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. But his will don't happen just because you want it to happen. Well, well, Pastor, where you get that from? Well, you just told me his kingdom come, his will be done on earth. But remember, I told you, if you don't know the will, it can't be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me Bible to back that up. Go to Matthew 18, 18. I'm almost home. I'm going to give you three points, and I would have done my job. Assuredly, y'all, what does assuredly mean? Pay special attention to this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if assuredly wasn't important, he would have just started saying what he wanted you to hear. But he said, assure, no, listen, this is what God is doing in this verse. I'll do it to a man. He said, no, look at me, listen, very important kingdom principle. Now, you can know that my will can be done on earth as it is in heaven, but pay attention to this faith technicality days. Assuredly, I say to you that I can't get involved. Unless you bind on earth what I have already bound in heaven. I can't get involved unless you loose on earth what I have loose in heaven. If you don't bind the devil, he's going to run roughshod on your stuff. And if you don't loose the power of God, he could be standing there wanting to help you with legions of angels that could change your situation. All of heaven backing you up. But if you don't say something, let there be light in this situation. I bind the devil. Get out of my life. God can't do a thing. That's a fake technicality. God's not in control. No, he's not. He's in control of the rapture. Jesus is coming anyway. He's in control of the fact that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time. You can't stop the winter from happening because God is in control of every law he put in place. But Romans chapter 3, he put the law of faith in place. And through which law? The law of faith is how you get healed. You got to kill cancer. You got to loose healing. Devil trying to take your son, you bind that spirit up and then get them around men of God. Devil trying to take your wife, no, no, baby, all right, we're going to go three date nights a week now. Two of them going to be a prayer meeting. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing. Your wife don't got to clear out, all right, come on, babe. Yeah, we need our prayer. Come on. Now, listen, this is how you know if your spouse got a demon. Invite them to prayer. What can you say if your wife or husband say, will you pray with me? You got to manifest one way or another. You're going to have to say, oh, sure, absolutely. I don't feel like praying. Ding, 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 ding. You got a devil. 
And even decent people have demons and need deliverance. Uh-oh, I just gave you a trick of the trade. Well, baby, come on, let's fast and pray over it for three days. <laughs> there it is. I'm talking about from husband to wife or wife to husband. Wives, you say to that man of God, oh, man, I, babe, I know we got a big decision to make. What do you say we just spend an extra day in fasting after the church fast on Wednesday? You think we ought to seek the Lord because we're not getting through? No, nah, we all right. <laughs> and then you're going to say something religious every time. God got it. No, he don't. God don't have nothing. He don't have nothing that you haven't bound. Say technicality, and if this type come out by, no, you're not killing my baby. <laughs> you're not taking my stuff. You can't have my wife's womb. That's a faith technicality. Amen? You go back there, and this was something you believe in God for a baby. You after church, you go get that Terry Mize confession book, and you stay in that, and you let us disciple you, and you stay on it, and you make your confessions, and you do. That's what my wife and I did, had to do. Oh, yeah, and you stay on it. And you let people judge you and say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do. But I'm telling you, amen, whatever you bind on earth, I'm going to be bound in heaven. And this is the part of Christianity that people don't always want to do. I say it all the time. Christianity is something you have to do. People come down for prayer on Sunday morning, but you don't come to Bible study on Thursday. You're not ready. You're not hungry. So I don't have 10 meetings with folk who don't come to Bible study. Why I need to meet with you and tell you the same word I just taught? Because you know on Thursday night, chances are I'm going to preach faith technicalities part two, but you don't need it. So we'll see you Sunday. But if you go nine more years without manifestation, at least go back and play this tape and say there was a loophole that I wasn't fulfilling. Everybody say amen. Foundations for succeeding by faith. Three points and I'm done. Where are you blessed this morning? Yeah. Number one, you got to know the will. Yeah. Got to know it. Now, that is foundations if you're going to succeed by faith. But I'm going to take you deeper on the next point. Y'all hold it back for a second, Kendra. But number one, you got to do what? Know the, know the will. People make religious statements because they don't know what the Bible says. You know, God works in a mysterious way according to Second Jesse verse <laughs> 72. In the book of Maccabees, God, God sure does work in a mysterious way. Uh-huh. And you're mysterious, and that's why all your manifestations are still mysteriously <laughs> lingering over your head, because everything about you is mysterious. Yeah. God works in a mysterious way. That's a faith technicality. Yes, it is. That is something that's, that's trying to hold you back. Yeah, faith technicality. All right? So you got to know the will. Amen. You got what is the will? What is the will? Your rights. Your rights. You got to know it. But then even if you know the will, and I've always been fascinated by this, you know, uh, we, 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 we got multiple types of attorneys that we consult. We, we got a real estate attorney. Uh, you, you know, a few of our church attorneys go to this church. And I'm always fascinated when I've called one of them and said, what is the law relative to this or that? Without fail, they will say to me, let me read and get back to you. Now, they went to law school. They know the general practice of law. But on that specific question, they need to pull state and federal law and figure out what we should be doing in that matter. Number two, you got to review the will. 
you know the will, even though you knew it like the back of your hand, at one point, you need to refresh yourself on it. Your body come under attack. You need to go back and read Isaiah 53 and 5 and make sure you have every nugget. You got to review the will. You got to go back and read Psalm 103, bless the Lord, and forget not, which means you can forget. You can forget a benefit. You could have known a benefit at one point, but because you hadn't reviewed it in a long time, come on, y'all. Those of us who got children, you ever had them come home with some math homework (laughs) that made you say, call your cousin and get on FaceTime? That happens at the Rogers house all the time, all the time. Boy, I don't know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, girl, you need to call your cousin. That's what that's what Tia is for. She will walk you through that. Yeah, you got to review it. You might want to call Aunt Shell or something. Like she's a school teacher. She does it every day. <laughs> but you got to review the will. Is that right? But then number three, you got to activate the will. You got to activate it. And so many times we're not activating stuff. You got to activate it. Many of you know I'm a therapist by profession. I remember we were buying our building. This is before I was pastoring years ago. And um, all kinds of naysayers would tell me, you can't get that. It was unsafe. It was, they had the county unsafe sign on it. They were going to pull it, tear it down. People threatened they were going to buy it before me. All kinds of stuff. The, 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 I, got, I got all kinds of stuff told me I couldn't have it. And I remember, and Pam, you were with me back then. In fact, you came and one or two others. And we went out there with some oil. You remember that? And I remember walking around that property, and I poured that oil in a circle. And I walked around that house, and what was the oil for you, Pastor Gabe? Well, it's a principle. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. The oil became a point of contact. I poured that oil all the way, and I let the devil know this is my territory. You can't have it. It belongs to me. We're going to help thousands of people in this building. It's going to be zone commercial. It's my house. You can't have it. And that was the end of it. What did I do when I poured that oil by faith? I activated the will. I activated the will. Pastor, that's long ago, man. Your faith still working today? Well, let's see. <laughs> On last week. Me and Brother Reese around Wednesday, we went out there to that. Y'all remember on the prayer call? I said, man, I'm going over here because they'll be paving soon. Reggie, he met me there Thursday. And uh, we went out there, and, and my general contractors and all these precious men, I love them too. They're, they're real nice guys. But they came on the property, and they said, Pastor, we got to tell you, concrete cement, it is at a shortage. We're not going to be able to pour this concrete right now because it's, it's at a shortage. And, you know, it's not much we can do. And, Needless to say, Friday is going to rain anyway, and so we're not going to pour it, and we got this, and we got that, and you know, we know you want to do your dedication ceremony. No, I'm going to do it. And so, Seku was there, and I knew I needed to build their faith, because that's all they need, is they need a revelation of faith. I pray with my builders before our meetings. I say, all right, guys, let's pray before we meet. We meet every two weeks, and we pray. Yeah. Yeah, they join in prayer. Uh-huh. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in this side. Everybody needs to pray. Amen. <laughs> Come on, let's pray, guys. Let's circle up and pray. Oh, yeah, sure, Pastor. They're great men. I love them. Love them. 
And so we get together and, and, and we pray. And uh, all right, Father, we thank you for the wisdom of God and all these matters before we get started in the meeting. Thank you right now that you're going before us. You make crooked places straight, well placed smooth. And when after that, they told me how we can't pour any cement. And so I began to build their faith. And your faith is sometimes at least built up morally. Faith doesn't come by testimony, but it's built up morally when somebody tells you a testimony. It opens you up to faith. So I said, well, guys, wait, before you say there's no cement and there's a shortage and we won't be able to have dedications and this and that. Uh, let me tell you about a time on my church campus when uh, there was a 100 percent chance of rain. And we were having outdoor movies and uh, it was a, you know, a time where the saints were together. And I remember, you know, telling them how I had already talked to God about that and uh, we'll be just fine tonight. And I remember talking to God and saying, now, Lord, I know you love souls. And you love for people to be saved. And, uh, you know, I know, quite frankly, your will would be for us to have this. So we bound the ring like they did in Joshua chapter 10. The weather was stopped. It was a complete sunny day. Sixty people either got saved or rededicated their life to Christ as they watched the movie on the rapture. Amen. That happened on this campus. I'm close. I told that contractor about that story. And uh, I said, mine now. We'll be pouring concrete, just like we said, all that kind of good stuff, you know. And in their eyes, you could see it's going to take a miracle. Amen. <laughs> Praise God for the spiritual working of miracles. So I left it alone. That's the end of it. I'm going home. I'm going to eat spaghetti. I'm going to have a wonderful night. And I'm doing exactly what we said we're going to do because, you know, I, I'm going to activate the will of God. No, God wants women to move in. Amen. That's the will of God. So I'm going to activate his will. Well, around 6 o'clock in the morning the next day, the builder got a call from a national builder, won't say the name, major home company, many of you probably built your houses through them. And they called and said, listen, we were going to be pouring concrete today in one of our developments, but we decided we will not be pouring that concrete. And they sent a hot truck of concrete over to 5832. Y'all ain't saying nothing. <laughs> That we, if you have anybody that could use, we, it's already stirred up, so we need to get rid of this concrete, and I don't know where we're going to put it, and they poured our driveway, our sidewalk, and everything. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Activate the will of God. <laughs> I'm done. Stand to your feet. So I walk around with this block in your hand, my hand, because this is holy ground. This is a piece of the concrete. I have one at home. I have a few pieces at church. <laughs> I walk around with that. Hallelujah. Altria, another faith product. Amen. Activate your faith. Hallelujah. Come on, give them praise right there. Activate your faith. Activate the will of God. Yay. Praise the Lord. You want a house? Take it. Take it. I don't care who said that. Well, they say they got three offers in on it. Ah, I cancel all of them. It's my house. Activate the will of God. Activate your faith. You can walk around here with that credit card. Anybody got them debit cards? Anybody got one on them in your wallet or something like that? May I use it? I give it right back. Say, cool, may I use yours? You're closest to me. And, uh, you know, wonderful bank. I won't say the name or, or anything like that. But, you know, they give you an 800 number. And you got to either swipe it. And you got to call, because this card is as good as activation. 
You don't activate it, baby. It's just a piece of plastic. But if you activate it, you got thousands of dollars. Or prophetically, if you're Elder Reese, millions on that car. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo, Chief. Watch it come to pass in that bank account right there. Hallelujah. Activate the will of God. Somebody shout glory. That's what we do, Shonda. Activate it. So you start feeling like the faith not working, go get one of your faith products, put it in your pocket, walk around with it all day. No, it worked then. <laughs> that was just three days ago. Hallelujah. Stop carrying the load. Activate the will. Mother's Day. That's what I'm cutting to. It's going to happen just the way I called it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as Lord, that's enough for today. I want you to run down here and get saved right now. First thing.